Well, I want to welcome everybody today. Good to be back in the house. Huh? It feels like it's been a little while since we've been together and also want to take a moment and look into the camera as I do every single week and just welcome all those joining us online along with all the men and women joining us in our correctional ministry. We love you and we believe in you and we're standing with you. And so come on, Defiance, help me welcome our church family today. Come on, let them know. Let them know. It's awesome. Well, as we start this, this new year, I think it's important, like right out of the gate, that I want to remind us or at least let us know that this could be the best year of our lives if it's the best year spiritually. And last week, we kind of asked ourselves a couple questions in our special church at home New Year's service. Hopefully, you got a chance to tune in for that. But we kind of asked the questions like, like, what do we need to bring with us into 2023? And then maybe an even better question we ask ourselves is, what are some of the things we need to leave behind? Like how many of us know some of the things that happened to us in 2022, we don't need to take with us into 2023? I feel like more things I need to leave behind than take with me anybody else today. And so if you didn't get a chance uh, to be a part of that, that message and watch that, I'd highly recommend for you to go online or through our Experience Church app and be a part of that service because also we talked about some different uh, categories, actually 12 different categories I gave to us that a mentor has poured into me, a couple of different mentors has challenged me with over the years that I start every year kind of assessing, like how am I doing in this area and then how can I maybe improve in this area and really set myself up to have the best year ever and we started with the most important category of them all and that is our relationship with God that sets the tone for everything else filters down from there now with that said we are starting a brand new series today called pray first Pray for us. Now, this series is is kind of inspired by Pastor Chris Hodges' uh, new book. He pastors Church of the Highlands out of Birmingham, Alabama. We actually kind of come out of that church, and uh, he just recently came out uh, with a new book called Pray First. And In fact, me and, and my wife, Justina, got a chance to spend some time with Pastor Chris a couple months ago where he spoke into our lives and he invested in us. And I just appreciate how passionate Pastor Chris is uh, for prayer, and so I'd highly recommend that, that book to you. But the, the truth is, prayer is the, one of the greatest ways that we can grow in our relationship with God. The problem is, I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes today, but I do want to kind of catch your pinky toe just a little bit. The the problem is that we can fall into the trap of only praying when we need something or when we find ourselves in a situation that we can't control or or when hardship or, or tragedy hits our lives. Like we even saw this this past week, didn't we? And uh, in the in the football community, when uh, right the Buffalo Bills safety, uh, Demar Hamlin went for a tackle and got hit in the chest and and went into cardiac arrest on the field. Never happened before in the history of 
the uh, football league, and I mean, the whole nation kind of just paused and took a knee, and all of a sudden, everybody was talking about prayer. Everybody was like, we need to pray. We even saw sportscasters on ESPN, a very liberal network, pause in the middle of their segment and just pray to God. I mean, it was, it was powerful, it was incredible, and, and, and it was amazing to see as tragedy struck kind of this, this, this young man and the whole world watched that the, our response was, we should pray. Now, now, don't get me wrong, I think we should pray. I think, I mean, God, God works all things together for the good, and he can take the tragedy of what happened on Monday night and use it for his glory. And so I think we should pray when tragedy strikes. I think we should pray when we have needs. I think we should pray when we face impossible situations that are beyond our control. But, but at the same time, how many of us know God intended for prayer to be so much more than that, too? In fact, I just wanted to kind of give us our key thought for this entire series, for the entire month of January. Here's kind of our focus to set the tone of where we're going this month. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. But that's simply this, that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Like in other words, that, that prayer would become part of our everyday lives. And, and not just something we do every once in a while or when we find ourselves in a difficult place. Now, now I, I am convinced that prayer will not become a part of our everyday lives just because we understand or think or realize that prayer is important. For example, all of us would probably say we could pray more. Anybody? All of us would probably say today that we know prayer is important and we don't do it enough. That we should pray more, but, but what if prayer could, could be something that we actually look forward to doing? Like, I think a lot of people don't enjoy prayers because we don't understand uh, what God intended prayer to be, or we've never been taught how to pray. And that's what this series is all about. We're going to be talking about what prayer is, how do we do it? What does it look like in our everyday lives? And then ultimately, what we're doing is, how can we grow in our relationship with God? Because that sets the tone for everything. I love what Frederick Meyer, who was an English pastor, I love what he said about prayer. He said, the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, it's unoffered prayer. Like, it kind of reminds me of what the Bible tells us in the book of James, that, that we have not because we... Ask not. But at the same time, when it comes to prayer, I think it's important for us to, to remember that, that prayer is relationship-driven, not request-driven. Prayer is relationship-driven, not request-driven. It's not about, prayer is not about trying to get something from God. It's about trying to get closer to him. In fact, the apostle Paul experienced the power of prayer in such a way that he made this statement in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. You might be able to memorize this scripture on your own. He said this, never stop praying. Other versions of the Bible say pray without ceasing. Now, if you're anything like me, I might already feel like I don't pray enough, and here comes Paul 
with his halo and righteousness going, never stop. Right? I'm like, I feel like I'm already behind. But what's interesting, as your pastor, my job is to study the word and help us digest it and receive it. Uh, and so as I studied this passage of scripture out this week, I was blown away to find that that phrase, never stop praying, actually means to rest or to rest into which paints a completely different picture uh, from most of us when we think of what prayer is. We don't correlate prayer and rest. We don't always correlate prayer and finding this rest for our souls, right? Like we can picture prayer as being this burdensome thing that we have to do, but, but the true essence of prayer is that it's this beautiful thing that we get to do. Like prayer is this invitation from our heavenly father to connect with him in such a way that it brings rest and refreshing to our souls. And the apostle Paul is pointing out to never stop praying means that we have this awareness of how much I need God. And as a result, I long to be in his presence. I love what the writer of Hebrews says too in Hebrews chapter four, verse 11. It says, let us therefore strive. Everybody say strive. Let us therefore strive. Other versions say make every effort. Other versions say we should labor. Like we should strive, we should labor, we should make every effort to enter that rest. That, that we would know God in such a way that we would depend on him and connect with him in such a way that there would be this peace. There would be this assurance and there would be this rest in our lives. And I think what I wanna point out about Hebrews chapter four is, is the striving, the labor, the effort, it's in us. The, the, the striving is in us making God a priority in our lives. Like the, the labor and the effort and the striving is in us making room for God, making time for God. The striving and the labor and the effort is in us not relying upon ourselves, but depending on God. Anybody else besides me? I mean, isn't that the effort? Isn't that the striving? Isn't that the labor that the writer of Hebrews is talking about? How I many? It's not in God, it's in us. The striving, the depending, the labor. And, but I was also thinking that, that in order to make prayer our first response instead of our last resort, it really comes down to our relationship with God. How many of us know that the more we know God, the more we'll wanna spend time with him? Like Jesus said, taste and see that the Lord is good. That the more I taste, the more I'll want. And so today, and I don't wanna be too long today, but it's gonna be a little teachy because I wanna give us some tools to put in our toolbox, but I wanna give us three things that we can do to grow in our relationship with God as we start this new year. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing that we can do is number one, is to put God first. Now I know I just blew your minds with that point, but I think we have to start there. Put, like of all the things that we can put first in our lives, I would suggest I would challenge us that we will put God first. It's worth it. Come on, somebody. It's worth it. Like, I can remember when I first became a follower of Jesus, I had this mentor who, like, pounded this thought into me that if, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord 
at all. How many of us know he will not be second on our list? He, he will not be down. He will not be, he's either first on the list or he's not on the list. I know that's a little strong, but it's also true. And it's a reality that we have to grapple with. Like he will not take another place in our lives. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And, and really, there's two, I was thinking there's two main reasons why God can demand to be first on our list. The first one is because he's God. But he can. Right? He, spoke, he spoke the heavens and the earth into existence. Like he spoke and it was. And so if he demands to be first, how many know he can be first? You, you ever read that dialogue between Job and God in the book of Job? where Job's complaining about his struggles and he's going through so much tragedy and adversity and difficulty in our lives. In his life, many of us have never experienced that much difficulty and he's questioning God and he's, he's kind of complaining. And God, God, if you remember God's response, God goes, Job, I don't, where were you when I spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, Job? I don't remember seeing you there. Were you there somewhere? I don't remember you being there, Job. And he just kind of, lovingly, but yet with this authority, puts Job back into his place. Now, I'm God, Job, and you're not. And the same is true. So if God demands to be first, how I many he gets to be first because he's God and we're not. But the second reason is because he first, he, he gave first. He gets to be first because he gave first. And God always models what he expects. God says that he's gonna show us the priority that we have in his life by sending his one and only son that he has as a sacrifice to pay for our sins. But in return, he models what he expects. In return, as we, he put us first, that we would put him first. Which, by the way, is really what Christianity is all about, isn't it? That Christianity isn't about coming to experience church. Christianity isn't even about becoming a member of Experience Church, even though those are great things. Christianity is when we order our lives in such a way that God is first. I mean, everything in the Bible is built on this principle of putting God first. Even the very first commandment that God would give to his people after he delivered them from slavery and bondage and oppression in the land of Egypt the very first commandment he gave to them was to put him first. Let's take a look at it. Exodus chapter 20, verses one through three. It says, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. First, he reminds his people what he's done for them. Remember, you didn't get here on your own. You didn't make this happen. Remember, I parted the Red Sea. I sent those plagues. I got you here. How many know that'd be a good reminder for us today? I didn't get myself here. He got me here. It's because of his grace. It's because of his mercy. He goes and say, out of the land of slavery. But then here's what God is asking for his people in return. You shall have no other gods, little g, before me. Like the little g gods in this passage of scripture means other loves, other passions, in other words, God doesn't mind us to have loves. He doesn't mind us to have other passions. He, but he does mind if we love those things more than we love him. If those things are more of a priority in our lives than him. And so the response for, is for us to say that in 2023, we're going to put 
God first. Now, if you're anything like me, the natural question then is how? How do we do that? And I'd like to get real practical with this because I'm a big next steps guy. In fact, if you're in a meeting with me and we talk about what we want to do, I think that's great. I think that's awesome. But I don't want to leave that meeting until we talk about some next steps. Great, we talked about where we want to go, but I want to know how are we going to get there? What's the roadmap? And so how, how do we grow in a relationship with God? How do we put God first? Well, I'm glad you asked. The second thing that we can do to grow in our relationship with God is number two is that to give God the first of everything. Now, hold up before you check out on me today, right? A lot of followers of Jesus, a lot of Christians think that when we talk about giving God the first uh, of everything, that we're, we're only talking about money. Now, I, I think our, our finances are on the list, but they're not the only thing on the list. In fact, I would even make the argument they're not even the most important thing on the list. Like tithing and, and giving God our first, I just think it involves so much more than just money. Which is why God said this in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. He said, a tithe of just your finances, a tithe of just your money, a tithe of just your resources. No, no. He said, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain, from the soil, or fruit, from the trees. But it, it, all, in other words, it all belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. And that word holy means to set apart. Like the tithe means 10, first like 10%, the first portion, right? So the, that God say, no, no, the first thing of everything you, that you have should be set aside for me. That the real principle is putting God first in everything, not just our finances. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23 says like this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God in first place in your life not just your budget, right? So let me just give us four places that we can put God first in everything in our lives, that, that we would give God the first of our year, which by the way is why we are doing 21 days of prayer and fasting and it starts tomorrow. Anybody else excited about 21 days of prayer and fasting? I'll be honest, we have a love-hate relationship with 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's uncomfortable, it's not easy, I gotta deny myself, take up my cross and follow him, but the results are blowing my mind every single year. And so we're doing something we've never done before, and that is we are having one hour prayer services every single day during these 21 days right here in the auditorium. And so on Monday through Friday, we're gonna be here from 6 a.m. and we're gonna stop right at 7 a.m. And we're gonna have a time of worship, we're gonna share some scriptures, and then we're just gonna storm heaven and pray. On Saturdays, we'll be here from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then on Sundays, of course, we'll be here for church. And I'm just, we would love for you to be here. If it's all 21 days, if it's one day a week, that, that you would be here. Come on, let's jump in. Because something that I've discovered in uh, all my years that I've been serving the Lord, I've never regretted. Come on, I've never regretted making room for God in my life. I've never turned around and go, oh, I wish I wouldn't have prayed there. That was, that was pointless. I, I wish I wouldn't have listened to God there. I've never said that. But I have said plenty of times, I wish I would have. Yes. 
I wish I would have prayed. I wish I would have listened to God. I wish I would have taken advantage of the opportunity, anybody else besides me. And so let's make room for God. But the main reason we're doing this is to declare, God, you're first. That we're putting God first in 2023. And I don't know about you, but I need God to be first in my life this year. That if I'm going to be the, the husband that he's called me to be, if I'm going to be the father, notice these are the ter- first two things on my list. If I'm going to be the leader and the pastor that God has called me to be, then I need him to be first in my life. I, I'm not the smartest guy, but I've come to the realization that if God's not first in my life, I can't do all these other things. And too often we set off to do all these other things and God's not first and we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why we have difficulty. And I don't know about you, the more older I get, the more I'm really realizing I got one life. I got one shot at this. I got one shot to be a parent, right? I got my, my son's in seventh grade. He's only in seventh grade once. I got one shot at this. Let me make the most of every opportunity that God has given to me. I don't want to get to the end of my life, anybody else, and look back and say, I wish I would have. No, let me, let, me, let me position and posture myself and do the best that I can with the opportunity God's placed before me today. And it starts with putting God first. All right, I'm preaching a little bit. I was trying to teach a little bit. Now, many of you have been a part of our 21 days of praying and and fasting. This is something that we've done since the history of the church. In fact, before we even launched Experience Church in January of 2012, a group of us got together and we fasted and we prayed for 21 days. And then in September, we launched Experience Church. And so we've done this from the beginning of the church. This will actually be our 12th year in a row doing it, but... But there are also, many of you are new to our church, and so uh, we're not just doing 21 days of prayer, but we're also doing 21 days of fasting, too. How many of us know prayer connects us to God, but fasting disconnects us from the world? Prayer is reaching out for the unseen, while fasting is letting go of what is seen. And so we're not just doing 21 days of prayer. We're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so if you're not familiar uh, with fasting, we have a ton of resources on our website, xchurch.tv, or you can find them in the Experience Church app. But real quickly, let me give us the one-minute version of, maybe a minute and a half, of some different types of fasts that we can do. Here, Here are four fasts that we can do in these next 21 days, starting with the complete fast. I'm going to say only some of us can or should do this, uh, but this is where we would set aside food for all 21 days and just have juice or water and and we just have liquids only. And and if you feel like God's calling you to do this type of fast, I I just want to encourage, be smart about it. Right. Talk to your doctor. Make make sure that you are physically and medically able to do this type of fast. Another fast that we could do is uh, a selective fast. This one might be a little bit easier uh, for some of us, which let me just quickly say that that fasting is less about the food and more about connecting our hearts with God. I've done some fasts in the past and it became all about what I was eating and what I wasn't eating. And for 21 days, I was consumed with the food. How many know I'm missing the point of fasting? I know there's, there's some of that because I'm denying myself, 
but the whole purpose isn't the food. The purpose is connecting my heart with God. God gives us this promise, right, that if we draw near to him, he'll do what? He'll draw near to us. But a selective fast is where we select certain foods uh, not to eat. I talked with someone this past week, and they're giving up uh, a sugar, no sweets, so no ice cream, no cookies, no brownies for, for 21 days. Some are doing the Daniel fast. This is where there's no meat or dairy or sweets or bread, and it's just fruits and vegetables only for 21 days. Some of us are giving up broccoli and cauliflower for 21 days. Come on. I know what you're doing. Smart. Real smart. Well played, sir. Well played. Another fast that we can do is a, it's a partial fast. Uh, this is where we are, we're, we're still eating everything, but we're not eating all the time. So maybe we're fasting a meal. Maybe it's breakfast or, or lunch, and then we're having a normal dinner. Something that I like to do uh, is more of a Jewish fast, which is uh, known as sunup to sundown. Uh, this is where when it's light outside, uh, you're not eating, right? But when it's dark, come on, somebody, let's go. And so this is, this is something for me that I have found that works really well. I've done the Daniel fast and with little kids and everybody's on different diets. We're making special meals. It became a lot of work. And so for, for me, it became a lot about the food. And so for me, just doing the sun up to sun down, I'm, I'm kind of liquids only during the day. Like I'm, I'm blending up some steak and some chicken breasts, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Put this T-bone in the blender. Look, we're going. Let's go. And uh, so that's what I'll do during the day, but then when the sun goes down, uh, we, can, we can put the steak on the grill. That's what I do. And, and so for me this year, a lot of people ask me what I'm, what I'm doing. I think you just need to be obedient to what God puts in your heart, right? Everybody's on different places that we should all just do something. But for me, uh, people that have been asking me, uh, the first maybe three days I'm going to do liquids only, and then I'm going to transition over to the Jewish fast of sun up to sundown. And so that's, that's what God's put on my heart. But uh, all these fasts are in the Bible, by the way. But this, this fourth one's not necessarily in the Bible, but I would highly recommend it, and that is the soul fast. I'm actually doing this one too. And this one isn't focused on food, but we're focused on what's going into our emotions and our minds. Maybe we're going to get off social media for 21 days. Right, and we'll have to withdraw from <laughs> social media. Right, some of us don't know what to do. What without Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Be Real or wherever the next one comes from? Some of us might still be on MySpace. <laughs> I think you could. Say, I think you can say on MySpace because you probably are the only one that's on that. But whatever it is that whatever's feeding our emotions, right? Whatever is consuming our minds. Maybe it's, maybe it's TV, maybe, maybe it's, we're watching Good Morning America in the, in the morning, maybe we're clicking on the news, what, whatever it would be that we would take some time, maybe turn the TV off for 21 days, uh, whatever it would be that we would take a break for 21 days, the, the things that are going into our emotions and our minds. But, but the bottom line is I'm asking every single one of us to participate in some way, shape, or form, and I'm promising you that you won't regret it. Amen? And so that's the, that's the first area. <laughs> They're all, all these areas aren't going to be that long. That's the first, the first place that we can give God everything is the first of our year. The second is the first of our month. Now, this, this revolves around scheduling and budgeting, Okay, I'm, 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 I'm going to really recommend this. this. This is a discipline that 
uh, that we can implement in our lives each month where we're planning our schedules and making sure that our priorities are in the right place. This is something I'm being even more intentional this year than even in past years. How many know I want to I have my schedule? I don't want my schedule to have me. And sometimes we're like, sometimes if you're a parent or just life, you come home, what do we got today? What are we doing today? You know, what are we doing today? You know, like, I want to get ahead of my schedule and not my schedule be ahead of me. And so, so the first part of the month, we're just looking out. What, what do we have planned in January? Because I, I want to make sure that my priorities are in the right order. And my priorities are God, marriage, kids, ministry or work or career. Notice ministry or work is fourth on the list. God, marriage, family, then my work, then my ministry, then my career, right? I want to make sure that my priorities in the right are in the right place I'm investing in. And so I get opportunities to, I just got an opportunity back in November to, to go on a pastor's retreat down to Oklahoma with Pastor Willie George. You might remember Gospel Bill back in the day. He's the founder of it and, and all that. And, and so Willie George invited me out, an all-expenses-paid trip to go down to Oklahoma and just spend some time at their, their pastor's ranch and get refreshed and poured into. And I mean, how many know, what an amazing opportunity. Not to pay anything and just to go down and get refreshed and Will, Pastor Willie's going to pour into my life. What a great opportunity. But it was during a time frame where I had responsibilities here, and it was my son's first basketball game. And so even though it was a great opportunity, I already had these other things that were on my schedule and planning. And so when they reached out to me two weeks before the event and said, well, you want to come, as amazing as that opportunity was, how many know it didn't line up with my priorities that month? I have responsibilities here, I have resp and my, my family is a priority. Being at my son's basketball game is a priority. I know he's only going to play in seventh grade once. I want to be there. I'm going to a ranch and relax some other time. Come on, somebody. But I want to get ahead of it. I want to have, I want, the point is I have my schedule already planned out. I already was, I get, people ask me to speak at different churches, and, and it's great, but I say no more than I say yes because my responsibility is here in this house, right? But I want to get ahead of my schedule. And then budgeting. I know that's, some of you think I just cussed right there, but I didn't. <laughs> just a budget. We just have a budget for our finances. Same thing with our schedules is with our finances. I don't want my finances to tell me what to do. I don't want to tell my finances what they're going to do for me, right? And so I have a, a budget that, that, that I'm planning and I'm intentional. And just so we're on the same page, I would highly recommend that God is first in our budgets, right? The first money, just so you know, that leaves my account every single month comes to experience church, it's the first thing out. I just believe it's the first. There's power in first. The first thing we do. And so I set up reoccurring giving here. I don't have to think about it. I, there was a time when I was like, oh, man, I'm two months behind on this tithe or I'm three weeks and I would have to write this check and drive over to the church. I'm done with all that. No, I'm not thinking about it. God, you're first. It's reoccurring every month. You're first. Coming to experience church. That's what we're doing because I have a budget that lines up with putting God first. You with me? We're honoring God at the beginning of each month and, and I'm encouraging all of us to do that. Then the third area that we're going to put God first in in our lives is the first of our week. Come on, you see where this is going. First of our week, right? This involves worshiping and replenishing or worshiping and resting. That we start the week off worshiping God together in his house, in church. The reason why church is on Sunday is for two primary reasons. 
One, because the resurrection happened on Sunday, but also, secondly, because the early church didn't want to end their week with God. They wanted to start their week with God. On the first day of the week that we would come together and say, God, you're first in my week. My question is, what would our lives look like if we were in church 52 weeks out of the year? I know that's not a popular question in our Western world, but the answer would be they'd be better. You know how many people I talk to going, man, we just fell out of coming, we just stopped, and now my kids, and now this, and I just got to get back to the house. Well, what if we didn't have to say that? What if I was in the house? Our lives would be better. And then also, what would it look like if we didn't just give God an hour of our day, but we gave him the whole day? What if we rested and we got replenished on Sunday? What if we took a nap on Sunday? What if we turn the TV off? What if we just pause? I'm convinced that we can get way more done six days out of the week resting than seven running, right? And God gave us this gift called the Sabbath, right? He says, he he doesn't tell us that uh, he made us for the Sabbath. Nope, he made the Sabbath for us. It's a gift that he's given to us. Now we're not under law, so so we have to, but I think we're missing out if we don't. So I just want to encourage us every Sunday. Let, let me not let me put God first, be in his house, but let me rest throughout the day to get refreshed and start the week off right. And then and then finally, the, the final area we can put God first is the first of our day. Every single day we would start the day with God. That we would have time with God. That before we, we jumped on social media. Before we checked email, before we turned on Good Morning America, before we started the day, the first thing we would do would spend time with God. It's interesting. I was uh, listening to a pastor talk about uh, some research that they were doing about some of the most important times of our day when it comes to our emotions uh, and, and the, to the two most important times of the day when it comes to like our emotional health is right before you go to bed and right when you get up in the morning. The last thing you feed your mind and your soul with and the first thing you feed it when you get up in the morning are two are the two most crucial times of the day that have the most effect on our mental health, on our emotions. So why wouldn't we want to start the day with God? Before we jump on social media, before we do anything else, we're saying, I'm going to spend time with you. And, and I would even suggest, even like the, the baseline, what if we just gave God the first 15 minutes? The first 15. And we spend the first five minutes just reading God's word, reading some scripture. We can download the YouVersion Bible app, plenty of plans on there. But we'd get, the first five minutes would be reading God's word. I'm reading through the Bible in one year. We actually have that Bible plan in the Experience Church app. If you want to go a little bit more in depth, we highly recommend that. Bible discovery that we're going through, the, the Bible in a year, takes me about 10 to 15 minutes to read. But, but what if we just gave God the first five minutes, we read his word, then the next five minutes we put on a worship song. Just one worship song. We just worshiped. We just sat there and we worshiped. Right? And then the last five minutes we would pray. What if we would just start Every single day, first 15 minutes, making time with God. Reading his word, praying and worshiping and connecting our hearts with our heavenly father. I mean, that'd be good. All right, so, so that's how we can give God the first of everything. Is we put God first, we give God, put God first in everything. And then the last thing we can do as we close today is number three, 
is to expect God to bless the rest. See, the, the principle of first is that we give God the first and he takes that and then he multiplies it and he blesses the rest. And so when we give God the first of our time, he blesses the rest, he multiplies it. When we give God the first of our finances, he multiplies it. When he, we give God the first of our, put him first in our relationships, he multiplies it, he makes them better, right? He multiplies it. And I wanna close with this, this thought in the scripture that when we put God first, here's, here's what will happen in our lives. Isaiah chapter 58, verses eight through nine. Here's the promise. Here's what we can expect. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. Three things that God promises to us in this passage of Scripture as we put him first. The first thing he promises us is healing. He promises us healing. Like, like I don't know about you, maybe there's, is there something broken in our lives? Something that, that's not right? Something that needs to be healed? Maybe it's in us physically. Maybe it's, maybe it's a relationship that needs healed. Maybe it's in our own life. Maybe our life needs to be healed healed. As we put God first, God says, I will heal you. I'll never forget the first time I encountered this in my own life. Many of you know that my dad passed away in a car accident when I was 19, and you know, there's the trauma of that and going through the funeral and all that. I was pretty numb throughout that entire experience, and I'll never forget about three or four months later, I went to a place called Teen Challenge. I talk about it quite quite a lot because it had such a huge impact in my life and there was this drug and alcohol um, facility that was just faith-based and so I remember going there and the first three months was a struggle for me. Uh, I just was kind of going there to get my head cleared but I had not made the decision to put God first. And then after three months, I made the decision, I'm putting God first. I'll never forget this moment. Can I tell you about it real quick? I'll never forget this moment. We would go out every afternoon and we would do some, some labor, some work, kind of earn some, some money to help uh, pay for our stay in this, this facility that we lived in. I lived, it was in South Dakota, the one I went to. And so, I mean, I lived there for 16 months. I was in the program full time. And so we would work every afternoon to kind of help generate some revenue for the program. And one year was the first year that they'd ever done it. But a farmer in South Dakota had uh, put this silage pile, which is like just chopped up corn husks and all that. And they would feed the cows throughout the winter um, with this silage pile. And so our job, in it was like November uh, or October, was to cover this silage pile with tarps, and then we had to tie uh, uh, old tires together to kind of keep the tarp down throughout the winter. And the, the year that we went out and did it, it was the year that the, the farmer had made the biggest silage pile he had ever made in like the 50 years he had been farming. Awesome. You know, it was almost, it was like almost the, the length of a football field. It was crazy. I think it was like 2,000 tires or plus that we had to tie together. It was crazy um, doing this. And so, I'll, you know, we had to climb up and put these tarps out and tie all these tires together. And these tires were sitting out outside, uh, so they all had the stuff in them. You know what I mean? And so if you didn't like a guy, you just would throw it at him a little high. They'd have to catch it, and then would get splashes, all the gunk. So it was an amazing time. But I'll never forget just working hard, being miserable all day. 
And I got done, and we were, we were towards the end of the day, and it was a hard day of work. I think that day we, we worked all day, not just the afternoon. And I remember just being exhausted, but putting in a, finally putting in a good hard day of work, you know, just feeling like good about it. I remember walking along the silage pile and going, man, I can't wait to call my dad tonight and tell him what I did. And I took a couple more steps, and then as you can imagine, reality hit me. And I realized, I can't call my dad. He's not alive anymore. And there's this flood of, of sorrow, of despair, of grief that I had been kind of pushing off and numbing out to and not dealing with. All of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember going back to the, the center, and just I was just kind of down. I was quiet the rest of the night and just kind of dealing with just the, the pain of it all. And I'll never forget, about 2 in the morning, I just woke up, and I was just weeping before God. But I didn't want anybody to, to, to see me. Come on, somebody. Got to be tough. And so I went in the bathroom, and I hugged the toilet, which I had done multiple times for other reasons, just so you know. <laughs> but this time was different. Because I'm weeping and I started crying out to God for help. In my pain, in my hurt, in my confusion, I just remember weeping. I'd never done this before in my life. Weeping before God, pouring my heart out to him, asking him for help. And I'll never forget to, to the rest of my life, I felt this presence of peace, almost like God wrapped it. I can't explain it. Almost like he wrapped his arms around me. I've never experienced anything like, like it. And all of a sudden, I just had this assurance like it's going to be okay. I don't even really know how to, I can't, I can't put into words. It just was like, it was good. I just <sighs> felt like God just gave me a hug. It was a healing moment in my life. God, be, as I put him first, he didn't just start healing me of my pain from losing my father. He started healing my life. He started putting my life in order. But that was the moment it began for me because I just put him first. And maybe you need a healing today. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your heart. Come on, it happens when we put him first. The second thing we saw from the scripture was holiness, right? Righteousness. Righteousness happens when we, we put him first. Not perfect. Not, it doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means that things are set on the right course, Right? And we're set apart, we're holy. We're getting our life back on track. We're doing God's will. When we put him first, man, we'll get our lives back on track. And then the third thing he told us was help. The Lord will answer us. God's favor and blessing will be on our lives. And we're expecting God to bless the rest because he's first. Come on, let's start the new year. He's first. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you in this place. We thank you for your love that never fails. We thank you for this opportunity to start this year saying you're first. And we understand that 2023 could be the best year of our lives if it's the best year spiritually. Which starts with putting you first. And so real quickly, it's one prayer today. If you would say God's not first in your life. Maybe you've never surrendered your heart to him. Or, or maybe you realize he's further down the list and he needs to be first. Maybe you walked with God at one point in time, but you, you've drifted. And today you need to say, God, you are first in every area. 
but especially in my heart, your first. The Bible says if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that he's first, we shall and will be saved. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, you need to put God first, first on your list, first in your life. Would you lift your hand to heaven wherever you're at today? Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're in a jail cell. Maybe you're joining us here. God, you're first. And right where you're at, would you just pray this with me? Say, God, thank you for loving me and pursuing me and believing in me. Thank you that you gave first. You gave your one and only son, Jesus, to pay the price for my sin on the cross. Because you gave my only rightful response is to give. Here's my heart, what you've always wanted. God, forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Show me how to live. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise for those who cross over from death to life.